irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on LA Talk Radio. Today's episode of Razor Riffs is brought to you by Salon Soma in the city of Long Beach. Their mission is beautiful hair. They offer hair care, skin care, body care, makeup, and lashes. Their number is 562-987-4799. Salon Soma. It's Greek and cool. Today's episode is also sponsored by Irvine Law Office. They handle employment law, estate planning, DUI, and criminal cases. If you break the law and want a lawyer you can trust, Irvine Law Office at 949-877-1957. You can also call them if you didn't break the law. Irvine? Today's episode is also sponsored by Vantage Utility Services. They are an IBEW-affiliated contractor that provides engineering and construction services to power, wireless, and telecommunication markets. They stand for the two most important things to customers, safety and quality. Visit VantageUtilityService.com. All right, excellent. That was a great. Oh, we, was wonderful. we nailed the sponsors pretty I, good. I, I felt so we good. almost had it perfect until Grant fucking burps. Irvine. Yeah, hey, I, I, I got to rep my hometown. I'm 949 until <laughs> I die. Come on now. You can't do that on a lawyer one. You got to do that on like a... Oh, no, they appreciate it anyway. <laughs> anybody from Irvine loves when somebody else from Irvine shows Irvine some love because we're the safest city in the world oh, and we rep that hard. I've heard that. I don't know. I thought it, I was actually very proud of both of us. We did not screw up the sponsors at all. And then he burps Irvine. Well, you know, he's making a point because one of these uh, 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 people here uh, would be very uh, Orange County. They'd be glad to hear the burp. Really? Irvine oh, Law bro, Office. Yeah, not from a lawyer. People from Irvine <laughs> love hearing Irvine press <laughs> from, from somebody who's 949 till they die. glad. I think I'm just a little irritated at Grant, too, for personal oh. reasons. Because, like, he was, what? you know, I picked him up. Yeah. He says he'll be at my place at 930. Mm-hmm. I get a text at 9 o'clock saying, hey, can you pick me up in Irvine? Yeah. Which is probably why he burped. So I go over to pick him up. He yeah. gives me the wrong address. Oh, my. And then I'm almost hey, running hey, away. Irvine's a big place. Irvine's a big city. It is. It so is. It's like... Part of the orange curtain. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like... Uh, well, so then I think then I'm burping it. But then... I almost forgave him. driving through Irvine <laughs> just really soothed you. Well, whatever. You know just what don't I mean? burp it on the, on the future. We got the burp out of the way. Oh, well, at least it wasn't. It wasn't. All my all my clocks are set five minutes ahead. It wasn't a Mickey Mouse burp. Yeah, if you can do it like a Mickey Mouse, you could do it because then a it's high like, squeaky burp. Yeah, Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse burping. That's a horrible impression of Mickey. Mouse. That's not that bad. It's pretty bad. It's a standard. <laughs> I mean, you're talking to somebody who's pretty proficient at impressions. <laughs> myself. There you go. Can you that's do a Mickey Mouse impression? Oh, I'm sorry. Do a Mickey Mouse impression. Uh-huh. Oh, that's that's not bad. Yes. I was doing a little uh-huh. bit, a little bit of a mini. Uh, remember, my when Mickey Mouse always turns into Mario. Uh-huh. Just goes waha. <laughs> that's good. remember when Skylar Stone like burned it. you about Larry King. Yeah, well, take your calls. Line one. And then Alan's like, "Okay, I think I won that one." And he's like, "You did not." 
Well, it was a risky choice I made there. Uh, I took chances. That was when we were young and fresh. Yes. We were still fresh. We're fresh now. All right. Well, then enough about lashing. Uh, we're <laughs> we're back uh, in the you know in the studio. Yeah, we got man. we got a good get, great guest uh, coming on. Yeah. We're we're actually phoning him in, and Grant is here to do like the it. Facebook Live. He was here. He's uh, our what? Facebook Live guy. Yo yo. And then he, and he subs in when you're in New York. I'm glad he does. And uh, he's been on like every episode this uh, this season. Grant was here for Heather yeah. McDonald. That's for Heather. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so yeah. Yeah, and then uh, you're wearing a fancy jacket. Yeah, it's I was my, here for it's, Alonzo it's, Bolden, too. <laughs> yeah, he was here for Alonzo. Alon- that's Alonzo. And Alonzo. you weren't here. No, I, I, where was I? You were in New York. New York, New York City. This season has been really tough because I'm in school, so like we only can record when everyone's when schedule fits. Yeah, yeah. And we, yeah. All t- we all play hooky. Yeah. We just come here. Well, today, today I am because we had two guests that can do it today. Yeah, I, I think it's great. I'm skipping well, history here, class Grant, and Grant screenwriting. Is, is here. He skipped something. Did, what, what, what are you skipping, Grant? I'm skipping... Most recent drug deal? <laughs> honestly, I'm, I'm skipping uh, pretending to search for a job. Ah. Uh-huh. Well, so. see, there you go. All right. We're all good. Well, uh, today's guest, we're going to phone him in, uh, is the great Blake Clark. Mm. Uh, Quite a resume. The, yeah, huge resume. If you guys don't know, listening, he played Drew Barrymore's dad in the mm-hmm. 51st States, which is... Probably one of the top ten mm-hmm. romantic comedies of all yeah. time. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, he was also in yeah. Boy Meets World, yeah. Little Nicky, one he of my favorite movies. Girl Meets World. Was he? Yeah. How was he in Girl Meets World? Didn't he die in Boy Meets World? Are you asking how? Yeah. How, how he performed, or how did they weave it in? Yeah, how did they weave it in? Oh, they just brought him on. Oh, they just yeah. brought him back alive. Yeah, yeah nobody remembers. Huh? Come on. Okay, well, we can, that's a good question. We can ask. Made a point early about it's Disney. Uh, Don't be so dark. Potion, love potion, life. love potion number nine. He love was potion number number nine. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna call him right now. Now, uh, let me uh, introduce you to mm-hmm. him before you, you know, you dive on in. Yeah, dive on in. Hey, Blake, it's Keith Reza. That sounds just like Blake. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for doing the show, pal. Sure. Uh, this is my uh, trusty sidekick co-host, Alan Lee. Glad to meet you, Blake. He's not really... Hey, how are you? <laughs> he's not really meeting you. He's on the phone. Uh, it's a technical well, situation. Yeah. And then we also... Voice-over meeting. Voice-over <laughs> And then we also got Grant Smith, who does the Facebook Live, and I forgot to tell Grant that you were calling in, so... There you go. But I'm here, and I'm here, and uh, what's going on, Blake? All right. So I don't know. <laughs> there, there's been a lot of talk about Melania Trump's hat today. That's pretty oh, much... Uh, what color was that? Is she had quite an outfit. The topic of discussion on the cable news. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty damn important thing there. I tell Melania you. Trump's... Friggin' hat. <laughs> I I saw you, I saw you on a TMZ. Uh, this might have been last year, and like they asked you, "What do you think about Hillary?" And he said, "Give the bitch a chance" or something. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, you know, it was uh, not my finest moment. I was there picking up my wife. It was pretty early in the morning, and they said, "What do you think?" I said, "Sure, why not?" You know, hell, we've had. At that point, I think it was 44 presidents, all of which were men, none of whom had, you know, maybe a handful of crap. And I just said, well, I ain't give a bitch a chance. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> but w- when you get interviewed by TMZ, I mean, they, they kind of know that, like, it's kind of like a sense of humor. Like, all the responses are usually, you know, I think the public knows that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just, it's tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. There you go. So, But then they've started all this Me Too movement and all that stuff. So yeah. now I just uh, kind of keep keep to myself. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. And not that many people out there are that interested in what a 72-year-old man has to say <laughs> anyway. doesn't matter that I've uh, you know, been around the world. I've done comedy in the Middle East, the Far East, back East. You also uh, do Vegas a lot. Yeah, been there a lot. Uh, I'm a veteran, combat veteran. Yes. Yeah. I've been shot, stabbed, that. kicked, hit, bit, mortared, artillery. Oh well, Rode hard, put away wet, eat by a wolf, crapped over a cliff, <laughs> boarded and scuttled and left dead in the water, but I'm still here, but nobody really gives a crap. So oh, I give a crap. No, you get to be a certain you age, show. you start Please. becoming invisible, especially if you're a woman. No. <laughs> which I'm not, never have been, never even thought about trying to become one. <laughs> That's another thing. You should you should at least think about I it. I don't get that, you know. You I, I don't get a lot of things, but I never did. So <laughs> it ain't like, you know, it's because I'm old. It's just because I'm me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love I've just been me for a long damn time. <laughs> But I love you. I mean, that's why I wanted you on the show, because I love you. So I care what you have to say. Well, I, I, well you're in a distinct minority, but I appreciate <laughs> you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Blake, I first, uh, I grew up like watching your films, and I first saw you, and you probably don't get this a lot, but I first saw you in Love Potion Number 9. Oh, know? my God. <laughs> <laughs> and, that was filmed in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. And that was uh, what's her name? Uh, Sandra Bullock. Sandra. Yeah, Sandra Bullock became a big deal. Yeah. She was very nice. She's from, uh, I think, Virginia or somewhere back down south or whatever. Yeah. Nice, and we hit it off, you know. But I mean, all we did was two scenes together, and yeah. you know. But you were the first. Get along with anybody for two scenes. <laughs> but most you were, of the time, you were the, you were the first guy who fell in love with her in the movie. Yes. <laughs> And that little idea of sticking the pen in and out of the top, that was my idea. Oh. And the director liked it, so he kept doing it. He said, oh. Yeah, do that. Uh, okay. Oh. Hollywood facts. Hollywood there facts you go. for you guys. There you go. A little insight. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I'm I'm full of all those all those kinds of things. Oh, Hollywood <laughs> facts. That don't don't mean Jack's not. And uh you know so, I've been lucky. I, I've been very, very fortunate uh to a point. I never broke through to the Tim Allen level or or even the Bill Ingvall level, but you know I've I've worked with some really great people and and I've been very fortunate in that they were. Uh, there's only a couple of people that I ever uh, worked with that I would just say, nah, I won't do it. Got to pay me a lot of money, you know, a couple million to work with that guy again. But uh, yeah, I've, I've been very fortunate, and, and, and it's not because of me because I'm. I'm pretty much an ass. Really? It's those guys. Huh. They're nice. Oh, I think you're hilarious. And uh, I, when I told him the, the guys when you're on the show, uh, Alan was like, "Oh, uh, I like to see homos naked." I was like, "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's know. fine." I was uh, perfect line. Was I was doing here? some uh, USO shows in in uh, in Iraq and <clears throat> Afghanistan. 
And uh, I think this was the 3rd Infantry Division. Uh, I was a lieutenant. I was an infantry lieutenant. I was an infantry platoon leader with the 1st the 11th Infantry, 1st of the 5th Division in Vietnam. So I was in, in you know, in combat, and I know the, how hard it is, and just living out in the elements all the time is tough. Anyway, so... I'm doing the the show, and I started it off by this is one I was with Robin, and I, I, I walked out and I went many time by Shanafi, and they kind of went nuts, <laughs> and uh, then I ended it by saying, yeah, you know this place is dangerous, it's dirty, it's hot, it's dusty, it's sandy, it's not, but remember this, Holloway you make it, and they went nuts, man, they went nuts. <laughs> and I told Fred Wolf who wrote the. Uh, uh, Joe Yeah, I told him about it, and he was real pleased. We we actually had Fred Wolf on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and he said nothing but nice things about you. He loves you very much. So I thought, you... well, Fred and I started. We kind of started together. We we worked in a t shirt store on Hollywood Boulevard. Wow. We used to do all kind of. This is kind of way we learned to improvise, and I mean, we already knew, but and he already knew. He he'd been he'd been like a. a disc jockey at a University of Montana uh, radio station. So he, he was pretty used to doing improvisational stuff. Yeah. We worked in this t-shirt store. <laughs> we did all kind of weird crap, man. It was it was fun. I mean, <laughs> it wasn't anything you know, outside the ordinary. It was just funny. Yeah. Not bad or or, or, or terrible. anything other than just funny yeah but we would it, it'd be like you got you got a minute for me to tell you a oh, story yeah, yeah yeah go ahead on yeah. okay so we we had we worked in this t-shirt store and this was back in 1980 and th- they had these things i don't even know how they do it anymore but they used to have these they were called heat transfer you put a decal decal on the on the shirt yeah, yeah. and you had this thing that you pushed down that was yes. hot and it would press it on there and you know, you had to make sure the shirt was was not wrinkled and, and straightened out and you know clean and all that stuff. And then you put the thing on there and you ask the people, "Is this this what you want? Is this the way you want it?" And they go, "Yeah." And then you you know put the put the uh, <clears throat> the thing down and it, it would lock and it was just like a big huge iron. Uh, it, was, it was about a foot square, you know, one foot by one foot. And you'd leave it there for like 30 seconds, you take it up, and then you peel the paper off, and the decal would be on the shirt. So, and Fred and I, he was, he was so great at playing stupid. <laughs> and, um, no, he was just brilliant. Yeah. And he'd come in there, and he'd just, he'd look at me, and I'd look at him, and he'd just start doing those stuff. And, uh, uh, I know, you know, I'd just go along with it. So I was waiting on this family, nice family. I don't know if I'm back east somewhere, the boy and girl and parents. <laughs> and uh, the kids were like 10 or 11 years old, whatever. And so uh, I was helping them, and Fred comes out, I'm on, teacher. And I went, okay, I'm with these people. Can you just wait a second? I want, I want this. And points to the something, and I go, uh, sir? I'll be with you in a moment. And uh, and then he started, just kept, you know, 
I'm on this, put that on, I'm on it on this one. And I went, you want this? Fine. So I just grab a t-shirt. <laughs> it's all wrinkled up, still folded up. I throw it on the, on the thing, put, a, just grabbed it. I don't even know what, I think it was Tweety Bird. Put it on there, pressed the thing down. Waited thirty seconds, took it out, threw it at him, and go seven ninety nine. They froze in place. It was just staring at me. So we did we do stuff like that. And, uh, That's funny. <laughs> That would have been cool if it was like on a hidden camera show, like a punk thing back then. You know, I we, you know that was before those days. I mean, the only thing back then was uh, what candy camera or whatever. That's right. Yeah. We would do all kind of stuff like that. Yeah, so the, and then you you did did you start doing stand up comedy or were you at the t shirt place because you started at the I kind of started doing stand up back in my hometown of Macon Georgia oh yeah I was a coach and there was another coach and a couple of, he and I would tell jokes and there were these, we would get together at his house there were like five coaches well back then in the seventies in Georgia and it's probably the same way now you know a coach couldn't go out and go to a bar and be drinking and having fun if he wanted to stay a coach right you know he, he was Word supposed to be almost celibate yeah. and, and uh <laughs> you know above reproach and all of that stuff so we would go over to this roy mcwilliams that was his name we'd go over there to his house and he'd tell a joke and then i'd tell a joke and he so it got to uh, at the time I didn't have a full-time coaching job. I was just kind of, uh, I guess, an independent contractor coach, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, so one of the guys who owned this bar called The Rookery there in Macon, he said, uh, hey, why don't you come to the to the bar Friday night? We have a combo, and when they take a break, you go up and do jokes. And when I went, you know, uh, I don't know. Give you fifty dollars on it. I'll do it. <laughs> so I said, but I'm going to write. So I'm not going to just tell street jokes. I'm going to write. I didn't even know the term street jokes. I just said I'm not going to just tell jokes. I'm going to write stuff. Yeah. So I actually wrote some <laughs> material that eventually I did on the Tonight Show. Wow. So Jeez. you know, I guess I kind of had an instinct of how to do it. So uh, anyway. Uh, that's how I started, but I'd only done stand up maybe ten times by the time I came out here. And then uh, Fred, we, he was uh, a disc jockey on some University of Montana radio thing, and he got me the job at the t-shirt store. And I tried to reciprocate later on, get him a job at the comedy store, <laughs> but I never could. Mitchy, ah, his hair's too long. <laughs> Tell him to cut his hair. <laughs> and I went, uh, Mitzi, you got people whose hair is longer than his. You put them up. He's funny. He's good. He's right. He's great. Yeah. I don't like him. So I said, okay. So then I tried to get him a job as a doorman. Just because that's what I was doing. I was the doorman. And I tried to get him a job as the, as the back doorman. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she she said, uh, well, let me see his act. I went, what? You want him to audition to be a doorman? Was he going to stand there, open a door, sit on a stool? What? Ouch. Anyway, 
so she wouldn't put him on. So Sam Kennison, she put Sam Kennison in charge of the. We had a Westwood store back then. Yeah, uh, the comedy store did not us. It was hers. It was on uh, Westwood Boulevard, I guess. And West and Westwood. It was a great, you know, great little smaller club and had a you know younger crowd, college crowd, and all that stuff. Argus Hamilton. So she put Sam in charge of running that, and so I told Sam, hey, you know, this guy, he's funny, and he's great, and he's original, and he's different, and uh, uh, Mitzi, you know, doesn't like him. He's that. Come, come out here. I put him on. Mm-hmm. So Sam would put, you know, would put Fred up. Whenever Fred wanted to go up, he'd go, go to the Westwood store, and Sam would put him on. One night, Mitzi walks into the Westwood, to the, to the club, and Fred's on stage, and Sam's there. What's he doing out of there? And uh, <laughs> Sam said, "Killing." And she's, "No, oh, no, I want him up there." And Sam, uh, to his benefit, said, "Hey, you put me in charge of running this place. I'm running it. You don't want me to run it? Then fire me right now." Oh, wow. I don't like him. He says, "So go back to the go back to Sunset." Yeah. <laughs> You know, Sam could get by with that. Not many other people could. Yeah. And it's weird that she never... Oh, so, yeah. So then Fred... So then back... This, I don't remember when that was. So then back in 1990, I did this movie called Shakes the Clown with Bobcat Goldthwait and mm-hmm. a bunch of other... Tom Kenny and a bunch of other guys. Robin was in it. And me and Adam, we played friends. <clears throat> and Adam... We, he found out while we were doing the, the uh, that movie that he got Saturday Night Live. And Fred was a writer on Saturday Night Live by that time. Yeah. So I said, I called Fred up and I, I said, hey, this is uh, it's a good kid. He's a good kid. He's talented. You know, don't let him get screwed over. Take care of him. And Fred said, let me speak to him. So I kind of like what we just did. I introduced him over the phone and they talked. And, uh, and then now Fred, Fred's written like I guess four or five shows that Happy Madison has produced, and and Adam has put me in like eleven movies. So yeah, uh, it's pretty cool because you know most all of the guys uh, have a <clears throat> have a Saturday Night Live connection. I'm the only kind of outsider uh, who who never I was never uh, involved with Saturday Night Live other than just knowing a bunch of people who were. In it, on it, in it, Did in the cast and on the and mm-hmm. writers and like Hugh Fink and and Fred and. Did you ever uh, want to audition for it or? I never got a chance to audition for it. They, you know, they um, immediately decided that I was too old. Because uh-huh. um, I didn't even move to Los Angeles until I was thirty four. Yeah. You know, I, I was married, had a kid, been through a war, and all of that. <clears throat> so I was kind of like all these guys, big brother. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I can remember things that I don't want to besmirch anyone's reputation, but <laughs> there would be times when I would uh, tell certain people, you know what? I wouldn't do that. <laughs> she doesn't look right. And then later on, this particular person said, God damn, you were right. It, it was a guy. <laughs> I tried to tell you. <laughs> The person who, who, if listens to the podcast, will know who I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, I, I, 
I, so I was kind of like everybody's big brother, you know. Sure. And uh, so when when it came time to when Dennis Miller and all those guys mm-hmm. were auditioning for it, they wouldn't even look at me. Uh, that's so always- I said, eh, okay, but you know, whatever. Uh, you you know, like- I tried to tell them I can do characters. I can you know do uh, accents and mm-hmm. I can do all kind of. <clears throat> yeah, well. And then they go hire Billy Crystal, who was maybe a year younger than me or two years younger than me. Yeah. Not that much younger, mm-hmm. but anyway. But he looked young. But he's Billy Crystal, yeah. and I wasn't. Yeah. The only thing we have in common are our initials, D.C. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good joke. I like that. Yeah, I did it with Bill Clinton. I, I said, uh, <laughs> you know, that he's from Arkansas. Sure. we got a lot in common. He's the only that I have anything in common with. We're both from the southeast market, so I'm from Georgia. Uh, we're about the same age. Uh, we have the same initials, B.C., but unlike him, I did go to Vietnam. And, you, know, you, you, cut off, you cut off there, Blake? Oh, I said, I, but unlike him, I did go to Vietnam, and I inhaled. <laughs> they had done this question. This was this was years yeah. ago when they yeah. asked me, you ever, "Did you ever smoke marijuana?" And I went, yeah, but I never inhaled. Yeah. Oh, bull crap! <laughs> Just own up to it, you know. Say, yeah, yeah I did it. There you go. Yeah. Right. Doing it now. Did it right before oh. this interview. Here you go. <laughs> hey Blake, I, I had a quick question for you. Have you? Okay. How how many times uh, have you been mistaken for John Goodman? How many times what? Have you been mistaken for John Goodman? How many times have I been mistaken for John Goodman? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like that must happen a lot. None. Yeah, no, I don't, none to my knowledge. Oh. None to my knowledge. Wow. When I was when Man. I first moved out here, people said I looked like Shecky Green. Oh. Yeah, I was a few people more, said yeah. a few people said I looked enough like Robin to be his brother. Oh, I can see that. <laughs> somebody said that. You know, you guys look alike. Robin looked at me, and Argus Hamilton was standing there, and Argus bent over double laughing. And he, <laughs> I he love goes, Argus. You should see the look on Robin's face. Because, <laughs> you know, when he said, you guys look alike, Robin looked at me and had this, like, holy crap look on his face. <laughs> That's what I'm going to look like in eight years. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I love Argus. Uh I, yeah, Argus is great. Oh, he's a great. He's yeah, awesome. he's awesome. Yeah. He's wonderful. We're Facebook friends. You're, you're Facebook friends? That's a big deal. <laughs> me and Argus, yeah. Uh, you and me are Facebook friends. Yes, we are. Yeah, we rock. <laughs> right, there you go. I want to be Facebook friends. <laughs> yeah, we'll, uh, we'll friend you yeah. as soon as we get home. But you, you don't have a Twitter. Are you... you know, I have a I have an account, but I don't ever, I hardly ever go on it. And uh, I don't know. I I guess I, I don't know how to really get a following started. I guess if I could get a following, I would start twi- tweeting and twittering and twatting and twitting, whatever the hell it is you do. Uh, well, all the time. And I don't do Instagram or anything like mm-hmm. that. And lately, I hadn't even done uh, um, Facebook. I just made some remarks on other people's stuff. Yeah. And But, you know, I said, what are you thinking? And I went, nobody gives a crap what I'm thinking. <laughs> Except for Keith They Reza. didn't when I was young. Why would they care now? <laughs> Oh, but I care. But I'm trying to figure out a way to to target an audience of people who are not old, right? But older and and sort of more, you know, 
interested in what's going on with the world and you know with the climate and with the all kinds of stuff i i'm not a scientist by any stretch of the imagination but that's the kind of stuff that interests me and um so i watched i watch i don't even really watch that much network tv i mostly watch uh uh science channel and discovery and that stuff oh. <clears throat> even though there's very little science on the science channel there's very little discovery on discovery channel it's mostly a hillbilly <laughs> hand fisher or whatever I they're looking for bigfoot it's oh, there, ridiculous. You go. there you go yeah those shows they yes. tend to have like I noticed because, like, when I was a kid, they they did have discovery in science, mm-hmm. and now that's kind yeah. of now it's kind of like reality TV ish. I know. Busters changed everything. Yeah, yeah Bigfoot and extraterrestrials. Yeah. I, I, this might be a bold statement, but I think Steve Irwin might have been the very last uh, discovery show on that show. You know what I mean? Like, he was animal. Yeah, planet, though. yeah, he was on Animal Planet, but like he would discover right. and talk about the animals, and then. Now it's just like a show about saving dogs. Uh-huh. Pitbulls and Paroli. Yeah. Right. There you go. So. It, it's just, you know, it's that's the way it's all, it's gone. It's uh it's not the lowest common denominator, it's the lowest possible denominator. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's just it's just hurting. Now, Blake, when I was growing up, I used to watch Boy Meets World, and you were on Boy Meets World. <laughs> oh, I loved it. And then, <laughs> then Grant just told me, because I guess he watches Girl Meets World now. Yeah, I saw he, you on Girl he Meets said World. He, but in Boy Meets World, I thought you died. Yeah, I did. I did a... Uh, it's funny. I died, and I came back as a ghost on Boy Meets World about three or four times, and then I came back as a ghost on... Uh, on Girl Meets World, and I had a cast on because I had torn my Achilles tendon, mm. and so I, you know, a bunch of the guys were were there. Rusty Russ was uh, the director, and um, uh, you know, a bunch of the other some cast members from the original Boy Meets World. So hey, look, I had a cast from my knee to my toe, and I said, uh, if you think the afterlife is any better, I'm in a cast. I'm a ghost. And I'm in a cat. <laughs> so I had, they had to film me from the knees up. Oh, wow. Ouch. Yeah. But you could have told me that you saw him as a ghost. Yeah. Well, I, I, I didn't want to ruin the surprise. Uh, very good. Like, and especially if you haven't been watching, like, Topanga hasn't aged. That's true. She doesn't oh. age. You ever know? Yeah, I know. You She's got to be. I guess those kids are, like, in their 40s now, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. But, uh, man, that is true about that actress. She's never aged, even on the show. So. I know. But, uh, That's funny. Hey, I, I got a question for you, Blake. Who is harder to raise, uh, Ryder Strong or Drew Barrymore? <laughs> <laughs> they were both very, very well uh, raised by the time I, I got to them. Ryder was, I'll tell you, you know, I first came on board, I don't he was probably 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. But these kids were smart, and they were very, you know, well-grounded, and, and they had good parents. And, and uh, Michael Jacobs, he was just, he was fantastic with those kids. He would do stuff with them. Like, uh, he, uh, <clears throat> he said he would give us notes. And I, he was giving notes, and I stood up and did uh Roger Debris does history, you know, and, 
he laughed and he looked and goes, you, he's doing, you know, the producers and to the cast. They were in their early teens. And he goes, you, you guys have seen, who's seen producers? And like, I think Will Friedel raised his hand and the rest of them. You know, he goes, okay, Thursday, we're watching producers, the producers. And, um, so they, they watched uh, Mel Brooks, the producers. And that was before, of course, he did the Broadway, uh, play and all of that stuff. Right. You know, it was, it, it, it sort of was, uh, I won't, it was kind of esoteric, but, uh, then it became a huge, huge, huge breakout hit when he did the Broadway play. But, um, I mean, that's the kind of stuff he would do. And he give, he'd give great notes, not just about acting, but life lessons and all. So all those kids were really, really, really good, nice, smart well-grounded you know i mean he'd come out if when we had an, uh, 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 a studio audience they'd all go ah, you know start screaming <laughs> at Ryder because he was the you know one of the heartthrobs and he just thought it was silly yeah you know he didn't take it act like he was a big deal and will friedel was very very smart ben savage was great and and it, you know all of, all of those kids were very smart. And as far as Drew goes, she was just she couldn't have been sweeter to me, you know. Yeah. And uh, uh, I, I was very fortunate to to be able to work with her uh, and to get that part. Yeah. You also uh, worked with Dan Aykroyd. How how was he in real life? Oh yeah, he's he's a legend. Yeah. He's just real easy going, and again very uh, humble i have been so lucky in this business like i said there's only a couple of people that i've ever worked with or four that i would just say nah i ain't gonna do it again unless you pay me you know much much higher than my pay grade right so uh yeah well yeah. So i've been very fortunate that and, and uh you know all of those guys have, have a history of saturday night live and stuff but, you know, the first time I worked with him, you know, it was great. I mean, I, you know, I watched Saturday Night Live before I, I was still a coach back in Macon and, yeah. and, and, uh, didn't get to get to meet him, just like to get to meet the Robin and, and people like that and De Niro and all that. It's a, it's, it's great. You know, sometimes I have to pinch myself to make sure that this ain't, uh, I got hit and I'm in a concussion and this is my dream. Because <laughs> when you get knocked out, you have the most vivid dreams, or at least I did. Yeah. So, I've never been knocked out, so I can't I really relate I to saw that. Stars I said, yeah, it's like the most vivid <laughs> dreams I can have. And then you wake up and you don't have any idea you know, where you are, what's where going you are. on, or, <laughs> or who other. I mean, literally, for a few minutes, yeah. <laughs> one guy comes up to me and he goes, Hey, you're okay. You're okay. I went, who the F are you? <laughs> I've known the guy for like three years, you know, in, in college. <clears throat> no shit. My wife just said, you do that to me every morning when you wake up. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure she can ha tell you stories about living with a combat veteran. Yeah. It's like, it's funny. Yesterday, <clears throat> my son, my youngest son, Nicholas, had come up. My wife was in Texas visiting old uh, relatives who were actually older than me, and uh, 
so I was alone. So he came up to stay with me for a couple of days. And uh, I said, uh, wait, because he had to go back to work on Monday. I said, well, wake me up before you leave because I stay up late and get up, you know, pretty late in the morning. Yeah. See, he knew to come in there and gently grab my ankle and say, Dad. <laughs> and I opened my eyes, yeah. Because uh, I only said, you know, if you call me dad, don't just come in there and throw, get up, wake up, because I'll wake up not know where I am or if I'm at war or what. Right. So just uh, stand off away from me, grab my ankle, and just hold on to my ankle. That's the way they used to wake me up in in, uh, in Vietnam. Wow. You know, if my, one of my men, if something was going on, they'd come and grab my ankle, and I'd come awake. What? Yeah. You know, I wouldn't go, Wah! I'd just go, what? Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I, Even though that was 48 years ago, I still, you know, still, when I wake up, I don't. You, know, it, you ever, do you guys do the road? I do, yeah. And actually, I. You know you know how sometimes you wake up and the darker the room is, the longer it takes you to figure out where you are? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean. Yeah. I wasn't in a war, so I can't experience it to your degree, but uh, I was in a car accident about five years ago, and I fell asleep when I was driving. And uh, Oh, my God. Yeah, so, like, sometimes in the middle of the night when I hear, like, cars crash and stuff, I'll wake up. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, same thing, PS, PTSD. PTSD. Yeah. So, but, I mean, it's Post-traumatic not, stress disorder, a lot of, you know, it was before... Uh, before in like World War One, I, I think they called it uh, shell, shell shot. Shell, World shell War Two is battle fatigue. battle fatigue, and then wow. you know, uh, Vietnam yeah. it became P- P- PTSD. Well, actually, after Vietnam, they started calling it post traumatic stress disorder. And then they realized that not just combatants have it, but like people in an automobile mm-hmm. accident or anything that's traumatic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't ever, you don't ever really get over it. Yeah. So, I mean, I know, I know the feeling, you know, like I said, it wasn't like a war yeah. or something, so I'm sure it's way worse, but there's days where I, like, I can't even sleep because it's like when I, especially yeah. when I drive. I'm, 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 like, I'm reluctant to go to sleep. That's why I stay up so late. Uh-oh. And then once I'm asleep, I don't like to get up. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, if you can't sleep, you know, feel free to text me, man. I'll play words with friends with you. I'm usually up. <laughs> okay. All right. Sure. <laughs> Sounds go. good. Uh, Blake, we got a couple Twitter questions for you, and uh, okay, yeah, we only have about uh, seven minutes, so let's. Uh, All right. th- this is from uh, Troy Loves Mike. Uh, Blake, which is your favorite Adam Sandler film that you've done? Well, the one that we had the most fun on, of course, is Waterboy. Yeah. And uh, but uh, you know, I kind of like the the character I got to do as uh, Drew's dad in in Fifty uh, First Dates. And I got to spend uh, seven weeks in Hawaii, and they flew my wife over for a week. And, uh, you know, they, they treat us really, really good. Yeah. And uh, so Waterboy was the most fun, and uh, 51st Date was the most rewarding as far as, you know, being actually uh, acting. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I think that one showed, because in all the movies you have the funny lines, but that one you had like a real heartfelt story. Yeah, that- yeah, I was sort of the, uh, I don't know, the heart to the movie, I guess. Yeah. I thought you were the heart to little Nikki. 
You cracked me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as Jimmy the Demon. Yeah. My parents used to not let me watch that movie. The first time they saw me watching it, I was in like fifth grade. My dad made me turn it off. <laughs> I, uh, Adam, uh, yeah. Adam Sandler was uh, doing this movie called The Longest Yard, and I was in, uh, I was in, right. I was an extra in it, and they were doing a contest about who could sound like Sandler in one of these his previous movies. You get, you know, you get to sit by Joey Diaz and the. So, anyways, I auditioned during the contest and I won, and I did Little Nicky like the impression and stuff. And I was like, if you think about it, Little Nicky, oh, cool. the easiest one to do. He's like. Hey, yeah. Dad, I've always dreamt of having sweet... You know, when I was younger, it was, <laughs> it was, a, yeah. lot, it was a lot better Good. when I was younger, but... Uh. You, you sound like him. <laughs> and then, uh, second Twitter question from uh, Troy Doesn't Love Mike. <laughs> wow. It's kind of funny, because the first question was, Mike loves Troy. Is that real or not? <laughs> I don't know. These Are you making that up? No, these Twitter questions, man, they're just so... Troy loves Mike, and then the other one is Troy doesn't love Mike. <laughs> yeah, I think they're following each <laughs> Okay. You mean they broke up between <laughs> the first that question a, and the second one? It was a fast <laughs> relationship. Yeah, that was a fast 120-character uh, yeah. relationship. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah, they didn't even make it to the full 140 that you're allowed. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, Blake, do you have any cool Rodney Dangerfield stories? Oh, Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> Not really. I, I did Ladybugs with him. The only interesting uh, thing that happened uh, was uh, we were out in, uh, it was filmed in outside of Denver, and, and a tornado came in. And destroyed the set. Oh, <laughs> tornadoes? There's tornadoes in Colorado. Yeah. Wow! I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just—it wasn't a real big tornado, yeah, well, and it kind of just came, destroyed the set, and then dissipated. <laughs> so it was like, uh, you know, maybe God didn't like that particular arrangement of the set, so he, <laughs> and then it just kind of went away, wow. disappeared. Uh-huh. I remember Ladybugs. That was a great movie. It was where the guy, um, Jonathan Brandis, he dressed up as a girl to be on the soccer team. For He, he died, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. The, the kid, the, the male lead kid, yeah, I think he died. Yeah, he uh, committed suicide, actually. Oh, geez. Yeah. Uh, they they said that it was because he didn't get the role of uh, Anakin Skywalker in the Star Wars film. So no, really? Yeah, seriously. really? Yeah, that was like a. That was a, so that just like leads me to think how depressing acting could be if you don't get any roles. Yeah, it's kind of if mm. you <clears throat> if you take it that seriously, yeah. I guess anything can be. Boy, that's real serious. Uh, yeah, that depressing. That's too bad. I was, you know, like I said, I was very fortunate in that when I came here, I already had a wife and a kid. I'd had a life. I'd worked. I'd had jobs. I was coach. I was coach. I was in combat. I was a leader in combat. So everything kind of, you know, this is what I do. It ain't my life. And then uh, we only have maybe that's why I never got further along than I am, (laughs) because I, you know, I, when given the choice, I go here and do this, uh, or or I just said no. I don't want to do. I don't want to have to leave my family for that long. I mean, I was offered one of the, in the, in the beginnings of the comedy channel, mm-hmm. they wanted me to go to New York and do a, like a 
sort of a, uh, I don't know, uh, I wouldn't, I'd have guests, and but there was no audience. Kind of like what Ryan Regan did. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I just, I had to relocate to New York, and I just said, no thanks. No. And mm-hmm. I chose my family over that, and I'm glad I did, you know, so... Well, Blake's a real guy. Right? <clears throat> I've been I've been very fortunate. He had a real life. And a real the whole life. thing with the career and the wife and the kids, it's all gravy. Right. I should have been killed innumerable <laughs> times in combat. Wow. You know, I had yeah. mortar rounds hit wow. right next to me that wow. didn't go off, and a hand grenade hit me in the chest that I actually picked up and threw out, and it exploded. Jeez. So I'm very fortunate to even be here. Well, so... Well, thank you, Blake. I don't well, take I'll it that seriously. You, uh, Blake, I want to just thank you for your service. Yeah. You, you know, hey, wasn't my, wasn't my idea I got, Brett. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> thank you anyway, I tell you. Uh-huh. Well, Blake, the director just gave us a light, so we have to unfortunately wrap up. This was great. Thank and, you so uh, much right. for talking to me, pal. Hey, really thank you, guys. Right. Thank you, Blake. Thank you. And I'm serious. If, right. you, if you ever can't sleep, text me. <laughs> All, right. All right. I'll do it. All right, Blake. Have a good day, buddy. Take care. Thanks, Blake. Thanks, you too. Bye. Bye. It's Blake. Wow. That's uh, Blake Blake Clark. Clark. That was uh, awesome. That was incredible because he's led such a life. He's a veteran and uh, nice guy, huh? He's awesome. But uh, he answered the question that was actually the last question. Which was? uh, If he got drafted or if he signed up. So that was pretty cool. Oh, there you go. That was awesome. So once again, uh, Blake Clark, you guys... Uh, can follow him on Facebook. He has a Twitter. He doesn't uh, go on it, but it's Blake Clark uh, Comedy. Uh, you can like his fan page and see. He's always in the Laugh Factory in Vegas. He's always there. He's there at least that's, that's once every three months. That's where I saw him. Yeah, There you go. A hilarious comedian. And uh, Grant Smith had to go to get the guest for the next show, but uh, you and I, we have to do the sponsors because we forgot well, to do it in the I middle. I think we should do that. It was hard to do, it's hard to do the sponsors in the middle on a phone call interview. Yeah, it, it's a little hard to interrupt, but uh, I think, well, we'll do it at the end, man. Yeah. You know, we, uh, we, you so know, we'll, we, we'll do it again twice. You, How about that? Whenever you want to do it. All right, we'll do it twice. All right. Here we go. So this is for the middle one. Okay. All right. And today's episode of Razor Riffs is brought to you by Salon Soma in the city of Long Beach. Their mission is beautiful hair. They offer hair care, skin care, body care, makeup, and lashes. Their number is 562-987-4799. Salon Soma, Long Beach. It's Greek and cool. Today's episode is also sponsored by Irvine Law Office. They handle employment law, estate planning, DUI, and criminal cases. If you break the law and want a lawyer you can trust, call Irvine Law Office at 949-877-1957. You can also call them if you didn't break the law. Today's episode is also sponsored by Vantage Utility Services. They are an IBEW-affiliated contractor that provides engineering and construction services to power, wireless, and telecommunication markets. They stand for the two most important things to customers, safety and quality. Visit VantageUtilityService.com. All right, guys. That's a raise of riffs with Blake Clark. That's Blake Clark. Wow. That was an awesome That episode. was awesome. I mean, that was historical. Yeah, that was great. And he knew Argus. Yeah. And that was some, quite some stories he said about the Comedy Store and the Westwood Comedy Store with Sam Kinison. Yeah. And Fred Wolf. And Fred Wolf, who yeah. we had we a great, love we had a great time with Fred. Yeah. 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 All right, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, yes, please indeed. follow Blake Clark at Comedy on Facebook. Also, 
If you like the show, please subscribe on iTunes and rate and review it. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Reza, R-E-Z-A, space Rifts, so R-I-F-T-S. Give us some likes and enjoy the show. Yeah, we need the love, guys. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. All right. You're listening to Reza Rifts with Keith Reza and Alan Lee right here on L.A. Talk Radio. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcast. Give us some feedback. Good, honest, terrible, doesn't matter. Also, follow us on social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Razor Riffs. I am also on Stereo if you would like to chat with me there. www.stereo.com slash KeithRaza. And on Cameo, www.cameo.com slash KeithRaza. If you enjoyed the show, please send us a donation on the Anchor app. We really do appreciate it, and we'll rift with you again soon.